This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. One of my favorite restaurants in the entire state of California is a place called Active Culture, which is in San Clemente, which is down in South Orange County. Just a side note, uh, with a warning on someone making a recommendation on their favorite restaurant. I've noticed that when people tell me, hey, you need to check this restaurant out, I've gone there, had a meal. They've asked me later, well, did, did you love it? And I'd say, well, you know, it was, it was okay. I, I just, it was okay. And their response is usually, well, what'd you have? And I said, well, you know, I had a chicken dish or I had a fish dish. And they will, they'll say, well, you know what? I, I always have the steak there. That, that's what I like there. Well, that becomes the issue with favorite restaurants, and it's certainly the case for me. When I have a favorite restaurant, it's because I have a favorite meal at the restaurant, and I go back to the restaurant over and over again to have that favorite meal. Rarely do I go to other parts of the menu to look for something different. So when I say favorite restaurant in in San Clemente, which is called Active Culture, it's because I have one meal there, which is a San Clemente bowl, which includes some green apples and figs and prosciutto and brown rice, and then they've got some sort of really cool sauce there. Anyway, love the meal. Reason, though, is the name of the restaurant, which is Active Culture. And we're going to spend a little bit of time in the, in the coming podcast talking about culture, because culture is so important in a contact center. It really does make a difference in your success and failure. And and I think that's basically because contact centers have such a difficult time and such a struggle with hiring and trying to find the right people in the organization so that we can be successful. And of course, with continuing turnover and bringing new people along and the complications that come with the job, sometimes we lose sight of the fact that culture is something that really can be used to great success. And I think that hiring in a contact center ought to be a lot more like a fraternity or sorority rush. And that is when you rush a fraternity or a sorority, they have a certain culture about them. They have things that they do and people that they are. And it makes it very easy because they're trying to figure out whether the people fit in to the fraternity or sorority. And of course, in order for them to define whether they fit in, there has to be a fit of the type of people that are there. Uh, Perhaps uh, they've got something associated with uh, studies. Maybe they've got more psych majors, or maybe it's an athletic sorority or fraternity or whatever the combination is, but they've got a particular culture that exists there. And culture can be a competitive advantage, first off, if you know what it is. And second, you can use it to your advantage to bring people in that fit into that culture. Now, today I want to talk to you about a winning frontline contact center culture. There are six keys 
to having a great culture and a contact center. In future podcasts, we'll talk a little bit about a sales culture or a service culture and the distinctions between those two. But today, I want to talk about a winning frontline culture and the six keys to success. Now, none of them are more important than the other except for the sixth one. And just like the old Vanessa Williams song, I'm going to save the best for last. Number one in our six keys to success with a winning frontline culture is ownership. Perhaps you remember the old Jerry Maguire film, which was help me help you. Help me help you. Your frontline has to own their jobs and they have to own it through and through You can't do their job for them. And if you work in a contact center, and especially if you're on the front line, you've already got a 1 to 12 ratio or 1 to 18 ratio or 1 to 25 ratio, or heck, I've even heard of a 1 to 40 ratio. You can barely remember their names, let alone take on their jobs. So the front line has to own their performance. They have to own every facet of their jobs. They have to own their training They have to own their responsibility to understand what your KPIs are. They have to own their customer experience. They have to own all of their ACD statistics. They have to own their quality monitoring. And when they own it, they're the ones that have to be responsible for it. As a a leader, as a manager, you can't do it for them. There's an old adage, and that is is that you, you tell the people that you work for them that you have their best interests in mind, that you want them to be successful, but you're never, ever, ever going to work harder for their job than they work for themselves. And sometimes as managers or leaders or coaches, we have a tendency to go a little bit overboard where all of a sudden we realize we're working harder for our employee than our employee is working for themselves. Simply put, if you're going to do that, you might as well have their salary if you're going to do both the jobs. And that may sometimes come when we have people that are a little bit weak in their position or we really like them or we really see their potential. And so we have a tendency to work a little harder for them than they're working for themselves. But in a contact center and really in, really in any job, we've got to get the employee to own, to own their job and to own their responsibility because once they take it in and they internalize it, they're going to be more successful at it. They're going to be more passionate about it and they're going to be more serious about it. That ownership is something that you have to communicate. It has to be part of the culture. The other thing is, is don't forget the roses, daisies, and weed concept. We've got roses, daisies, and weeds. And then, of course, we've talked about the different types of weeds that you have. So each one of them is working on a different area. And when when we use our statistics or we use our coaching programs or we use our gamification or we use our rewards and recognition to point out the areas that a rep may need to work on or maybe they're really good at it and it's an opportunity for them to excel and be even better on it or to lead on or to set a standard, by us knowing that they own that particular area and they're focused on that particular area, that's the way we accomplish it. And so you have to have a culture of ownership. And a culture of ownership means that, that everybody, everybody knows what everybody else is doing. And you'll see this quite often that, that we may, you may be an organization that shares statistics or shares team goals. I happen to be someone that believes in that, not so that I can foster competition, but so that we can foster ownership. Because when we own them, we're always going to get more successful results and we're always going to get better results and we're going to keep people around longer because they're going to own their particular performance. 
the second key to owning their performance, the second key to having a winning frontline culture is to have an organization that's always improving. And it really kind of ties to the ownership piece because if we've got an organization that's always looking to improve, always looking to get better, it feeds the ownership principle because now I've got people that are getting better and they're getting better in our company. You know, you you can't really promise an employee that you're going to keep them hired forever. You can't promise them a promotion. Um, You can't promise them that they'll even be, be happy in what they're doing. But one of the things that you can promise them is that you're always going to give them an opportunity to improve. And we often say to, we often recommend to organizations to say, listen, you know what? I can't promise you that you're going to have job security forever and ever. I can't promise promotions. You know, salaries are going to grow when they're going to grow. But what I can promise you is that when you arrive here, you're going to be better when you leave than when you came. Your skills are going to be better. Your talents are going to be better if you sign up to our program and become a part of it. And when you've got an organization that's always improving, then you've got someone that whatever their season may be there, whether that season with you is six months or six years, they're improving and they're getting better. And isn't that really ultimately what we want from an employee? When somebody says to them, hey, what's it like working at ABC Corporation, insert your name? You know, they, I think ultimately if they say, you know what, listen, it's not perfect, you know what, it's, it's very stressful, it's very hard. Some days I like my boss, some days I don't. But you know what, I'm getting better there. I'm a better, I'm a better person today than I was when I arrived there. And can you really ask for more than that? So if number one is ownership and number two is always improving, number three key to success in a winning frontline culture is finding somebody doing something right. We have an enormous amount of data, a treasure trove of statistics and reports that we get on our employees. We have to have a culture that's finding somebody doing something right. Contact centers can be a little bit like golf. There's a whole bunch of things that go on, but it's pretty easy to focus on the bad things. Best example I can give you is that I went into a contact center And they were talking to me about their quality monitoring program. They said, listen, we have the greatest quality monitoring program. Matter of fact, if you score below an 81, we take you off the phone immediately. We sit you down. We work through the training. We don't put you back on the phone until you know exactly what you did wrong and how to improve it and how to make sure that you never make that mistake again. And they said, you know what? If you score over a 98... Five times in a row, we bring you a balloon, the supervisor comes by, we give you a cheer, and it's, it's really amazing and really exciting. And, you know, and a lot of our, our reps score above a 98, so we've got a lot of balloons in this center going, you know, going through and through, and it's just, it really is colorful. And I stopped and I said, okay, well, that's great. So you've got something for below an 81, you take them off the phone, and you've got something for above a 98, what do you do for everything in between? And I said, we don't do anything. And I said, okay, well, how many people fall below a 98? And the response is, well, you know what? About 65 to 70% of our organization scores below a 98. Well, that means they're not doing anything for 68 to 70% of their organization. And the challenge is, is because we're trying to find somebody doing something wrong or finding somebody doing something really spectacular. And if you've listened to my Roses, Daisies, and Weed podcast, this is the Daisy center that we're looking at here. We have to find people doing something right and we have to be purposeful about it. 
even weeds are doing things right. And when we have a culture that's finding somebody doing something right, it allows us to work on the stuff that they're doing wrong as well. I, I'm, this is personally for me, I'm not a big criticism person. I don't, I don't really like criticism. I didn't grow up with my parents criticizing me all the time. And my wife has a tendency to tell me that, you know what, I should probably get a little bit better at, at taking criticism. But I always tell her that what I really want is I really want a sandwich approach. You know what? Tell me you like my shoes. Tell me what I did wrong. Tell me you like my shoes again. So what you've done is you've sandwiched whatever the challenge is, or the area that I'm working on with something that's good or actually two things that are good. And it's the same concept when you're trying to find somebody doing something right. We need to celebrate success, tiny successes and big successes, but we need to have a culture that's finding somebody, finding somebody doing something right. And when you've got that kind of a culture, it's built into when we look at reports, we're looking for things that they've done right, obviously along with things they've done wrong. When we sit down and coach people, we're acknowledging and recognizing the things that they did right along with the things that they're, they're doing wrong or the things that they're challenged on and they can work on. And the sandwich approach is really the best way to do that. So in a winning frontline culture, we've got ownership, we've got always improving, we've got finding someone doing something right. The fourth one is self-discovery communication. What self-discovery means is self-discovery means that when a rep or a frontline representative does something right, they come and tell you, which means we put the reps in a position to want to communicate and to be empowered to communicate when they've done something right. And the reason that we do that is it goes back to the supervisor to agent ratio. If you're at one to 12 or one to 15 or one to 20, it's virtually impossible to keep up with all the data and all the performance of each one of your individual reps. But if you get them to tell you when they've done something right, if you get them to do self-discovery to let you know when they've achieved or accomplished a goal, it makes it so much easier. And of course, obviously, it drives ownership as well. And we'll talk um, about a concept and a process we've got called YMCA. Uh, that's a way to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting. And, and the Y stands for you know your thoughts, which is getting the rep to speak first. So you want them to do self-discovery which means that when they accomplish a goal, when they uh, uh, hit a reward, when they unlock a game, uh, when, when they achieve one of the goals that, that you've set with them, you want them to come tell you. And think about that. Now what we've got is we've got the reps coming to you, communicating to you when they've done something right. It's the first part to the sandwich, right? We've already, we've, we, we, we've got the positive one out of the way. It allows us to acknowledge it and then maybe move on to a challenge and then and then follow up again. So self-discovery communication is a, a winning culture for the front line. It's a, it's a key to being successful in that area. Next is connection. And it is the fifth key to having a winning frontline culture, and that is connection. We have, you know, 20 people, we have 200 people, we have 2,000 people in the center right? It's, um, it's a little bit like belonging to a big church, right? Somebody says, you know, you meet a lot of nice people, you just never see them again. And that's because they struggle with trying to make connections, why smaller churches work better, because you get to know the people, smaller neighborhoods, big cities, you get the concept. We want to have connection within our contact center. We want to have a culture that's constantly trying to connect people. 
you know, if, if I can connect with people, I'll stick around longer. If I can connect with people, I can make friends, I make business associates, I make people that I know. It keeps me around longer. It allows me to reduce turnover and it creates better performance. So we're constantly looking for ways to connect. You know, it, it, and, and there are so many different things to do and you can play the game to just sit down and across from somebody and just come up with all the things that you have in common. One would be that you're alive. One may be that one, you're, you're, both, you're both male or you're, you're, you're both female. It might be that you both like the color wet, red. You're both wearing shoes. You're both breathing air. You both work in the same company. There's so many different ways that you can make connection. Perhaps they, they, um, they like the same TV shows, and you can use that connection in your, in your organization to build your culture. There's no reason to do reporting strictly based on supervisory teams. Why not do it based on favorite TV shows or, or favorite sports teams or, heck, who you're going to vote for? So connection is the fifth key to a winning frontline culture. The sixth key and the single most important key to a winning frontline culture is being on time. You need to become maniacal about being on time. My daughter's uh, dance instructor when she was on the uh, Grapevine Phillies back in the early days was that if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're history. We need to be maniacal about being on time. A successful winning frontline culture in an organization sees supervisors and managers running to meetings, which means meetings start on time, meetings end on time. And the easy way to remember this is, is the way we remember contact center minutes. You know what these are, right? If, you have, if I've got 10 people in a room and that meeting starts two minutes late, we've just waited, wasted 20 contact center minutes. Because I've got 10 people for two minutes, we've, we've wasted 20 contact center minutes. It's why we want our reps in their seats on time, because if we've got a 300-agent center and 100 people don't show up, show up five minutes late, that's 500 minutes. You do the calculation. We're now talking about man hours and people that are not showing up, a full person or people that are not showing up on time. So we need to be maniacal about being on time, and we need to be... We need to be very focused on it. I'm even okay with you having a a a one-on-one -on -one that starts at 117 and ends at at 147. You should start your meetings on time and you should end your meetings on time and you should never stray from that. Be maniacal about being on time. It is the sixth and the most important key to having a winning frontline culture. So just to go back over these, we have ownership, always improving finding someone doing something right, self-discovery, communication, connection, and the single most important one, being on time. If you can take these six keys to winning frontline culture, assess which ones you have in your organization and which ones you don't, and add them on, you'll be on your way to a winning contact center. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Look forward to speaking to you next week. Bye-bye now.